It can be scary when you think about how much of our so-called personal and confidential information is actually accessible in so many places and by so many different people and organizations. You need to learn what's being done with this information and how to keep yourself secure. Welcome to My Connected Life with Tyler Cohen Wood. When you're in control of your data in cyberspace, you feel all the more secure. Now, here's your host, Tyler Cohen Wood. Welcome to My Connected Life. I'm your host, Tyler Cohen Wood. Today, we have a very special episode. Um, we have Michael Hobson, the Senior Manager of Social Media at NetScout, Candace Dixon, Coalition Development Director at NPower, and Karen McCloskey, Dir- Director Internal Communications and Corporate Giving at NetScout. And we're going to talk about something that is huge in cybersecurity, the cybersecurity uh, job skills gap. Um, There are statistics out there, and they're all roughly the same, that by 2025, we will be understaffed by 400%. And a report uh, by Cybersecurity Ventures states that women make up 20% of the cybersecurity workforce. That's just 20%. So welcome to the show, Michael, Candice, Karen. I'm really happy to have you guys here. Happy to be here. Thanks. Great. So, Hi, everyone. Thanks for having us. It's, thank you for being here. Um, so, so Michael, um, can you tell us a little bit about um, you know getting what what we can do to really get kids who are in school to go into these cybersecurity or STEM fields, regardless of you know if they're men, women, what whatever that is. How can we get more kids interested in cybersecurity? And STEM fields. Absolutely. I think it, uh, it really boils down to them being aware that these opportunities exist. Um, for one, you know, NetScout is um, putting together a campaign that uh, is actually live right now called the School of Guardians campaign. And um, it really aligns with our core value of protecting the connected world and um, engaging in the next generation of guardians. So um, what we're doing to kind of support uh, the awareness and in getting more um, students uh, to, to follow degree paths in computer science, IT, and cybersecurity is that um, we're awarding three educational grants to fund scholarships within those programs. Um, yeah, so I think that's, that's a, a major part of what NetScout's doing, but I think it all really starts in the awareness and letting people know that these opportunities exist. Do you, do, do you think, um, do, do you think that, that kids don't understand that, I mean, I know they don't understand that there are a lot of opportunities, but maybe just how many opportunities there are. Like, you don't have to to be in cybersecurity. It doesn't mean that you're going to be sitting behind a computer just doing code all the time. There are so many different facets to it. There's marketing, there's there's, uh, there's everything that you have in any other industry you have within cybersecurity too. No, no, I think that's spot on. And, you know, we're seeing the, the world evolve and cybersecurity needs are, um, you know, continuing to grow. So uh, naturally, the, the number of um, the number in, in the workforce needs to increase dramatically as well as we're seeing risks and um, opportunities come up. I mean, because it's interesting, you know, kids, especially younger kids, 
they they understand how to use the technology, but they don't really understand the implications and the cybersecurity threats and threats to their their privacy with it. So I think I, I think that having more kids go into this and have a better understanding of that is going to be extremely important to them and also could, you know, end up really protecting them and saving their lives. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And, you know, it's so funny, too, because I think about it. I think about my 11-year-old niece and the job she may do when she's my age may not even exist right now. Mm-hmm. Karen, you had yeah. something to add? Yeah, I just wanted to jump in on that. And you're right. I actually saw something recently exactly to your point, Tyler, that said kids in school now are going to do jobs no one's ever heard of in the next 15 to 20 years. But I wanted to build off what Michael was saying about getting kids excited and interested. One of our favorite activities for employees to engage in is these career days or career opportunities with um, different nonprofit organizations and schools. And you know, pre-COVID, we'd bring them into the office and take them on a tour and give them, and they were just like, wow, this is awesome. And like even Michael's job, social media, they're like, that's a job? Like somebody can do that like all the time. And they just get so excited and interested once they see all the different roles that are available. That's, that's really cool. That's really cool. You know, I, I, Sorry, I, I was just thinking I had a, a woman um, who very recently sent me a video of her kid and her her, ch- her daughter um, and her friend. They're, they're about six and they were at the Harry Potter um, Universal Studios and they have to go into a payphone and you call like the Ministry of Magic or something. <laughs> it's a rotary payphone. And the video is the funniest thing I've ever seen because they the girls had no idea how to use it. <laughs> And they're, they're sitting, they, they, they were like, wait, why, what do I do? <laughs> no, it's similar to, um, I think there, there was a TikTok video of kids actually answering the phone. And I think if you go back to how we would answer the phone um, and pretend to answer it, we put out our, our, our pinky finger and our thumb to pick up the phone and answer it. But now kids are putting their full hand to the side of their face. So it really does kind of speak to how much change happens in such a short period of time. Wow. That's really funny that the phone up to the hand and we hope we do, we hold yeah, it like that. <clears throat> that's uh, wow. So, so how do people get involved in the School of Guardians? If, if, if they're interested in one of these scholarships, what, what can they do? Right. And to your point, you know, one of the things, um, one of the ways that we've crafted this um, educational grant contest was that it's all being ran on social media. So we encourage people to go to social media, use their school hashtag of the school that they're voting for to receive one of the educational grants. Um, And to clarify, we're giving away three educational grants. The first one, our grand prize being $100,000, the second one being um, $50,000, and the third being $25,000. So we're awarding the schools that um, individuals are voting for. So you can vote for your alma mater, you can vote for the current school that you're um, attending, or you can uh, vote for the school that you're um, kids or friend or family member might be attending as long as those schools offer degree paths in cybersecurity 
um, IT or computer science. And like I said, it's all being run on social media. Um, if you go to netscout.com forward slash school of guardians, um, we have all of the information there to um, show you how to vote, where to vote. We also have some links where you can um, just drop a vote with your school hashtag um, and hashtag school of guardians. Well, that sounds extremely simple and, and you could win a scholarship. Absolutely. Or, 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 uh, when, when does it close? So the contest ends um, April 1st of, of this year. So um, okay. we're in the home stretch right now. So people still have some time. Correct. Yes. And um, there's no limitations to how many times you can vote. And there's no limitations to um, who can vote as long as, um, you know, it's a, it's a qualifying school that you're voting for. Wow. That's, that's, that's great. That's really, that, that's really great. And it helps get kids, you know, more interested and more excited, you know, like you said. And, you know, I kind of want to shift the focus a little bit now to not only how do we get more women into cybersecurity, but how do we get more women of color and more diversity into cybersecurity? Because women make up roughly 20% of the cybersecurity workforce. Um, women of color make up, what is it? Two percent. Well, Candace is going to talk to us about some of the research, but, you know, we really do need to have as much diversity as possible in cybersecurity at all levels, because you want to have um, those additional sets of eyes and people coming from a different perspective, because that's really the only way that you can scale your product. And that's the only way you can really be a good representation of your company. No, I I agree, Tyler. And I, you know, one of the things that's most important, especially as we consider um, diversifying the tech industry as a whole and and to to what you're speaking of, the cybersecurity industry, um, having diverse thought increases innovation. And what we found is that when there are more diverse teams, um, that we see not only um, greater inclusion within the workforce, but we see companies that are making more money. You know, so it's something that's an impact not only to um, what your company looks like, but also the bottom line. Um, but you know, kind of going back to your point, there is um, you know a lot of of work that we here at Empower are doing around working towards building that diversity within the tech industry, um, and you know just just as a point, Empower has been working to advance both racial and gender equity within the tech force, tech workforce for quite some time. Um, and in fact, our mission is to ensure that we are creating pathways to prosperity for both veterans and young adults within the tech workforce. And um, the commitment that we've made to that um, is um, just astounding. Um, 76% of the people who go through our program are Black, are black or Latinx. And um, several years ago, Empower um, doubled down on um, its commitment to ensuring that more women, and especially women of color, are represented within the tech industry. Um, in particular, um, they decided that they were going to um, make sure that our Empower classes um, 
had a significant representation of women um, with at least 40% women represented across all of our programs. And um, we called that initiative 40 by 22. And um, now that we're in um, 2022, we've reached about 38% women in all of Empower's training programs and expect wow. to reach that 40% by the end of the year. Yeah. So oh um, that is a commitment that we're making as an organization. And so, you know, looking at the success of that program, you know, Empower, of course, thought, well, there's not only underrepresentation um, within Empower's program, you know, we saw that we um, made a commitment to change that. And we're seeing significant strides as it relates to the number of women who are matriculating through our program. Um, but we know that there is just significant underrepresentation across the tech, tech workforce, especially for women of color. And so it's because of that, that we made the decision to create an initiative called Command Shift. Command Shift is a national co coalition of corporate, nonprofit, and community leaders who are committed to accelerating more women of color in technology. And um, when we think about this work of command shift, we are truly committed to shifting the technology industry. And we know that in order to do that, there needs to be a shift in training, a shift in hiring and a shift in thinking. Also, we can support women and especially women of color who we know have the capacity to not only make significant changes, for their lives, but um, make significant changes and impact in the lives of their families and the communities in which they serve. And so when we take a look at the, the whole of the work that Command Shift is doing, of which um, Empower is, a, or excuse me, of which NetScout is a partner, um, we knew that it would be important to um, root the changes that we were trying to make within the Command Shift Coalition and data. And so we are really excited because we are planning to launch our new research with MC Burning Glass within the next couple of weeks. And we believe that this research is game changing. Um, the research can, in particular. Can you give us a little bit of a preview? <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I can't wait to give you a preview. Um, <laughs> so um, the, the research that we're doing with um, MC Burning Glass is particularly important because what it's telling us is that there is a talent pipeline for opportunities in tech that are hiding in plain sight. And so essentially, what we found is that if we were to take a step back and we were to explore developing our talent pipeline without placing um, emphasis on the need for a college degree and really started looking intentionally at skills that we could expand and create a more diverse talent pipeline, specifically with women of color and technology. That pipeline would expand it, exponentially. It, it, you're 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 a hundred percent right, and and I mean to your point, there is a huge, enormous talent pool of people that 
are in other industries that are, are mid-level or even high-level professionals that want to move into cybersecurity. And we, we need that. We, that. That is a huge um, talent pool that, that we need to really start, start utilizing. And, and, and it sounds like that's what you're doing. No, it's absolutely what we're doing, Tyler. And, you know, what, what's really interesting is that um, in our research, we found 500 kind of equity building trans, um, job transitions, um, transitions from what we're calling the tech eligible service sector. So if we look at the service sector and we're solely kind of considering um, these job transitions through skills, we know that there are at least 500 jobs that could easily transition into tech roles. And one of the examples that I like giving is the example of a call center manager. Now, when we take a look at a call center manager, um, we know that they um, are particularly um, good at, at um, project management. We also know that they are managing scheduling software they're also managing data through a CRM, and they are people who have become really good at process improvement, as well as um, sales and also supervisory skills. And when we think about skills and those skills in particular, those are skills that can easily transition into a technology role. And, you know, we, we've seen, especially for a call center super, supervisor in particular, that that individual with just a little bit of gap training, um, excuse me, uh, with just a little bit of bridge skills, as well as last mile training, um, could transition into the role of a technical support supervisor, which could see their salary increase by as much as $21,000. So there is significant opportunity there and the pipeline to get more women of color in tech is there. We just need to be more intentional about the, the different pathways that we're exploring in order to recruit them. And, and really open up those pathways and make it much, much more seamless because, you know, you know to your point, when you bring someone in that has uh, not a, a diverse background, but also is coming from a different kind of vertical, they're bringing that expertise, like you said, those skills mm -hmm. translate. And the only thing it can do is just enhance the product and enhance its value. Because again, you know, it's a different perspective. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the reasons why this is, this data is so important is because, you know, I think for so long, People were saying that the pipeline wasn't there um, or they were saying, you know, we could build the pipeline, but that's a future opportunity. It's not a current opportunity. Well, this, this research says that building a talent pipeline, especially with women of color, is possible today. All companies have to do is reshape how they're looking at hiring and recruitment. And in doing so, they could give themselves an opportunity to be open to an existing talent pipeline of 250,000 women of color across key metro areas in the United States. Wow. I mean, that, that, 
that would go, that, that would really, really help so many different people. It would help the, the companies and it would help the employees and it would help the end line product. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and you're 100% right. I mean, we can work to fix the problems of tomorrow, but we need to fix the problems of today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Tyler and Candace, can I jump in for a minute? If go you're ahead. So, I think I saw it on social media, Michael. I always think of you. Um, it was a report. It was ISC2, of, but they did a study on workforce, and the title was The Real World Problems of, of um, the Workforce Shortage. And they listed out, like, things are being shortcutted in some degrees or not being fully implemented. They talk about systems are being misconfigured or they're not doing a full-blown risk assessment because they don't have the time and they're slow to patch. So like there's real risk to companies for having this shortfall. And, you know, we really, the demand is huge and these jobs are so important that people really do need to think outside the box as, you know, the NPower work is leading us that way, you know, and really embrace these skill-ready um, women and other, you know, people with the same background and let's bring them in and let's help them help us. I, I, I mean, that's, that's, that's such a great point. And, you know, it, it, it just has to be done. And this is something, you know, we can solve the problem today. How, Candace, how do you think we, we, we can move faster Well, you know, in order to move faster, we are going to have to have companies um, not be afraid to make some dramatic shifts, right? And so, you know, when I think about the um, the things that companies, and in particular, HR and recruitment executives can do, um, I think that, you know, it's going to be really important for them to revamp their recruitment practices um, for women of color, especially. Um, You know, I, I think... We need to get away from emphasizing the importance of pedigree or a specific degree or university and really lean into the power of hiring for skills. Um, we also want to kind of challenge the biases and barriers that have blocked many of the women of color um, from pursuing careers in technology. And so that's going to require um, some shifts within corporate culture, but also it's going to require that we do a little bit of targeted outreach to groups that companies aren't necessarily accustomed to reaching out to. And then I think finally, um, we are really going to have to help tech eligible workers connect to the opportunities within tech jobs. And so that's going to require that we are sharing this information and saying, hey, these are the skills that you got because you are a call center manager. You know, these are all of the things that we know you can do. And here's the path that you can take in order to transition into tech. And, you know, companies are going to have to work very closely with, um, you know, 
tech training providers like Empower so that we can make sure that we're working together to not only um, suit the needs of those individuals who are trying to transition into the tech industry, but also talk about the last mile training that's going to be important to ensure that they're successful within those roles. And, you know, if, if, if the motivation is there, you, you, you can teach anyone. And if they know where they want to go and, and how to get there, you know, they can succeed. And I mean, I think about, um, I, I, I sometimes mentor, you know, s- students who are looking at cybersecurity and they're all, every one of them thinks that it's just coding. And I say, no, you could do forensics, you can do marketing, you can do this. And I mean, usually when I, when I mention forensics, I, they, they typically get pretty excited and that's kind of the direction they want to go because it, it is cool and it's very investigative and, you know, you're, you're, you're helping solve crimes, but there's just so many different areas that you can go into. And you know, I think that it's unfortunate because, um, you know, there are a lot of statistics that show that women will look at a job posting and say, oh, well, yeah, I don't have that. But men don't always do that. They'll apply for it anyway. And the reality is no one's going to fit every single criteria, but, um, you know, women should still try to apply for those jobs. And I wish that there was a way that we could make people more confident to do that. Now, and I think that that's why, you know, initiatives like Command Shift are so important because what we're doing is we're pulling together um, tech advocates who are women and women of color And we are making sure that they're connected to these young women who may not feel as empowered to apply for those types of jobs and really allowing them to be mentored and sponsored by them so that they can understand what they have the capacity to do. Um, You know, I think that many of us may have been in that similar position that you described, Tyler, where we were unsure of whether or not we should apply for a job that you know, quite possibly could have been our dream job um, because we didn't fit all of the criteria. And, you know, oftentimes it was a mentor um, or, you know, a friend who really encouraged us to take that leap and apply for the opportunity. And I think, you know, one of the things that's going to be really important, especially as we are continuing to work to pipeline more women of color into the tech industry um, through the work that we're doing with Command Shift is um, to truly make sure that there are mentors available to help young women entering the tech industry to help women who are already in tech um, navigate the process and understand the opportunities um, that, that they should go after. And I mean, the cyber landscape is, is not shrinking anytime soon. It's only growing and growing and growing and growing. I actually got, um, uh, I got one of those Oculuses and, Went into the the metaverse yesterday. Oh wow! <laughs> and you know, there's just 
so many different potential jobs that, that they're just being created quicker and quicker and quicker and quicker. So, I mean, I mean, and, and, and that's another thing too, is, you know, it's a guaranteed job. There's, there's, there's so many job openings in, in this particular sector. Yeah. And we're, we're here to help women of color um, find them. And we're here to help companies think about how they can um, truly um, not just kind of diversify the tech industry for women of color, but diversify the tech industry with them. You know, that's what we want to do. And we see it as a huge opportunity. It, it, it is. I mean, I know I've said this, but it is such a huge opportunity because if you do not have representation of your entire customer base, you're missing out. And if, you know, you always have, you know, the same people looking at the problem, you're going to miss holes and, and, you know, your, your product may not be scalable. It may not be as secure or it, it may not function the way that you wanted it to function without all of those different sets of perspectives from, from the beginning. Yeah, absolutely. And that's why the work that all that, that you guys are doing is so incredibly important. <clears throat> so thank yeah. you for that. <laughs> no, I'm just going to build on what um, Please. Candace is saying. So, you know, NetScout is excited to be part of that because it's helping us think through what we can do differently and how we can start to change and and incorporate some of these, I think you use the term Candace tech eligible. Yeah. You know, women and people with different experiences. Um, part of what we've seen is, you know, employees are really interested in this too. I mean, people look around and they know that, Hey, you know, we all kind of look the same here and what can we do different? And they actually propose different ways in our own, we've got offices in 35 countries, what they can do in their community to help engage people who may not see or have opportunities or feel that these events are for them. And we've got one going on now in our Madrid office. It's a, and I've never heard of a datathon, but it's a datathon. And datathon. Yeah. One of our employees in the Madrid office said, hey, this looks like something you know, that's an opportunity for us to engage with this organization. It's IE University in Women in Data Science. And they've got 194 college students and the organizers are students and they're very specific about, it's going to be a gender balanced team. So it's not just the guys against the girls. It's like, nope, everybody's going to work together. And over the course of a month, they engage, they have this data set and a business problem and they're asked to analyze the issue using, you know, their analytical tools, AI, machine learning, predict an outcome and recommend a solution. And along the way, not just NetScope, but other corporate sponsors are working with these teams and mentoring them and, you know, encouraging them. And I think that's half the battle is like, yeah, you can do it. You know, this is an opportunity and something that you can be part of. And I don't know what the result is because it hasn't ended yet. You know, but those events are really interesting and it's a way for everyone to feel that 
hey, we're helping bring along the next generation and we're helping to do our part in our community because we see the need there as well. What, what, what do you recommend um, to, for, for, for other companies? How, how, can they, um, how can they get involved in, in these types of things? And, and, and can companies work together to help really diversify the entire talent pool you know, within this country, yeah. within the world. Yeah. So obviously it's a hugely complex issue and yes. there's lots of different <laughs> facets and approaches, you know, so every company really has to find what works for them at Netsco, you know, we're a little bit smaller than some, you know, so we're doing what we can in our communities. And we're also looking for opportunities to do something bigger than us. And that's what's so cool about being part of the command shift coalition. It's not just what are we doing at Netscout for Netscout. It's like, what can we do for the tech industry in a whole? And how can we help share the tools and share the information and, you know, help get the word out and, you know, maybe help make a difference in drawing these students in and placing them and mentoring them and ensuring that they're successful once they land here. So it's a definitely a combination of things and a number of different approaches and programs. We've got a lot of employee-driven projects like hackathons and the datathon. And we've also got these corporate level initiatives. You know, our talent team has taken a hard look at our job descriptions and what we're putting out there. We're also engaging, you know, with an organization like Empower and what can we do broader. So there's a number of different ways. It's how you want to tackle it. I, I'm glad that 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 it that it is finally getting you know recognition and that that we are ta- we are beginning to tackle we're 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 definitely not there yet but the process is starting and and you know I'm excited that we're a part of this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and as Candace said earlier, getting women of color and people who don't think they're eligible in these positions can be life-changing for them. And I'm thinking of, I think it was a couple of weeks ago, the Glassdoor Best Jobs 2022 came out. I read a couple of press releases. It said all 10 of the, the top jobs, both salary and employee satisfaction were IT related. Mm-hmm. And the number one job yeah. was, I forget, a, an enterprise architect. a year. I mean, that's an amazing opportunity to put in front of people. And the list just went on. It was, you know, IT, tech, 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 all the way way down the list. You know, and that can change a family. It can change a community. It can make a huge difference, you know, way down the line. And people need to feel that that's for them. I mean, you know, I think about when when I started my cybersecurity career, I, I was a history major, history sociology. Cybersecurity just didn't really exist when when I was in school. And um, you know, it it was something that I was just interested in. And so I moved to San Francisco during, you know, the dot com uh 1999, 2000, and you know, I really believe that the first job that I got 
was because of my name. Uh, my name is Tyler. My middle name is Kevin. And back then, we didn't have social media. You did things through email. And, you know, I would send a resume and I'd show up and everyone would be, oh, well, we didn't expect you. And I mean, I hate to say that that's probably how I, I actually did get that first job, but I'm glad that we don't have to do that anymore. But I also want to highlight that, you know, even if, if someone thinks that, well, no, I'm in this position, I couldn't change into, to, you know, another career. You, you absolutely can. I did. And even within this career, I've changed what I do so many different times. So there's a lot of flexibility too. Yep, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And that's part of it is seeing the opportunity and having it be accessible. So if, if there was if there was just one piece of advice that that each of you could give, you know, to 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 people out there who are looking to change their career, maybe kids in school that don't really know, you know, what they want to do. What, what would be one piece of advice that, that, that you would give them? We'll, we'll start with Michael. I would say um, take a leap, you know, trust your gut. Um, I, I have a similar, you know, situation where um, I had to, to take a leap and, and trust my gut and in, in a career choice. And I did, and um, I've taken several of those and it's landed me to where I am now, which is, you know, at NetScout working on um, projects like this, um, very passionate and, I'm thrilled to be having discussions like this and working on um, projects and working with organizations like Empower. So um, yeah, trust your gut and take take a leap of faith. Thank you for that, Karen. What what would you what would your piece of advice be? I kind of like what Michael said. I you do know, too. <laughs> take take a leap. You know, but the other part of it is make some connections, like get out there and see what's going on and read about it or, you know, somehow find what's out there. And then that might spark something, you know, you never know what piece of information is going to be like, Oh, cool. Like when you said forensics, you know, in cybersecurity, Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) You know, and maybe that gets you going. So I would say read what you can and talk to people and sit in on events and just kind of soak it up. Get in, get in the atmosphere of it. That's that's great advice. And there are so many resources online too. You know, you can look at LinkedIn. You can go YouTube. There are so many different resources. So so that that's that's great advice. Candice. Yeah, so Tyler, what what I would say, and you know, I'm, I'm I'm very much in agreement with you know Michael's recommendation to take a leap. Karen's recommendation to, you know, do some research and, and build connections. Um, but I think what's, you know, most important to me today is to make sure that your listeners know that their skills matter. Um, their skills are what will position them for opportunities um, that they may not have considered yet. And, you know, the research that we're releasing um, in a couple of weeks, really does highlight the importance of those skills. Um, but beyond that, I would imagine that once you accept that your skills matter, 
you'd be curious about how to put those skills into action. And so for those individuals who are interested in taking a leap into the tech industry and not quite sure of where to start, I'd say, you know, you can start at empower.org and learn more about our um, training programs, because the reason why we're here is to make sure that we're providing access to opportunities within technology for those people who might be doubtful about their skills, for those individuals who might not have relationships or might not be so close to the tech industry. We're here to bridge the gap and provide support so that we can build pathways to prosperity for everyone, um, in particular, young adults and veterans who are interested in careers in technology. Thank you so much for that. And, and, and thank you also for saying where people can go, because that was my, that was my next question. (laughs) Um, But Michael, before we go, I do want to ask, can, can you just let us know again, how people can vote for the school of guardians program? Yes, absolutely. So um, all of the voting takes place on social media. If you go to netscout.com forward slash school of guardians, um, there we have all of the details of how you can vote for um, a school that you're currently attending, your alma mater, a friend or a family member's um, current school. And um, yeah, we have, we have links to all of the um, social media accounts where all of these are taking place, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, and, and Facebook. And uh, yeah make sure to go to netscout.com forward slash school of guardians. Well, thank you so much for that. Thank you. um, Thank you, Candice, Karen, Michael. This was such a great episode. It was very informative. Um, I I, I can't wait to see the research, Candice. When is the, when's the research going to be out again? The research is going to be launched the week of March 21st. Um, And if you're interested in getting a notification about when it launches, you can sign up for a notification at commandshift.org. Well, I'm going to do that as soon as we're done here. (laughs) Um, Thank you guys so much. I I, I loved having you guys. Thank thank you. you for having us, Tyler. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Tyler. Yes, thank you. Candice and Michael. Thank you all. Next week, join us for another episode of My Connected Life. Thank you. Okay. Thank you for tuning in this week to My Connected Life. We have much more for you next Wednesday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until our next show, be careful with your data and your life.